right, everyone. We're we're not going away, unfortunately, or fortunately for you. This is episode seven of Sobriety Uncensored with Jenna, the one and only, and and Daniel, one of many. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) One of many. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're hanging out. I wanted to talk, first of all, I'm not going to name them, but how cool is it, Jenna, that somebody sent us a jingle for our podcast? Oh my God. I was blown away. Absolutely blown away. I played it for my daughter. Yeah, I played it for my wife. I want to figure out how we can incorporate it. Um, and not only that, it was just like the kindest email. And yes, it was. I, I it was just one of those things where you stop and understand, you know, not like, oh, I'm so important, but you know, you just you can catch a lot of uh flack, you know, mm-hmm. putting yourself in a public platform. Um, sure. and when people come in and they take the time to create something for you and email you and thank you and just mm-hmm. share about their own story. It's just it's further incredible. proof that so many people are struggling and healing. Mm-hmm. And if we just focus on the common denominator that we're all in a, a constant state of struggle and mm-hmm. healing, mm-hmm. that's how, I don't know. I just feel like that's the human experience to me. And it was so, it was rad. I thought it was rad. It was. And uh, yeah, I was flabbergasted. Initially, I was a little bit like (laughs) when you first told me someone sent us a jingle. I was like picturing, (laughs) you know, like, you know, on Jimmy Fallon, when they do like the classroom instruments, like (laughs) I was picturing something like that, like sobriety uncensored. Like, yeah, <laughs> super cheesy, and it's not. It is so great and so thought out, and um, like profesh. Yeah, I was. It impressed. is profesh. It's profesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll it was. To, very we'll touching. have to figure that out. Yeah. Um. Well, intro. We are in the thick of it. Today is Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. And I just, I'll just take it back. I talked about this on TikTok. I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but Thanksgiving for me was like the apex of drunkenness. Mm. Um, For most people, even non-alcoholics, it is a rager. Yeah. Yeah. I was posting earlier uh, a few weeks ago about like, what would, what would it be? You know, Halloween is like the hall pass. Like it's the, one of the most universal hall passes and asking from my followers, like, what do you think is a hall pass? And so many, I would say the most common theme is like Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. And because you come like the younger generation, they come home and they see all their college friends. Right. And they just get Mm -hmm. ripped and drunk. Mm -hmm. And then your family, I just remember thinking on Thanksgiving, like, okay, I have to pace myself. Right. right? Because we would all start drinking early in the morning. On Thanksgiving uh, day. But I didn't have to uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloody Marys. Let's get some Bloody Marys. Go Like anything that was acceptable. Like you had to are you saying, like, are you saying like as a young adult with your family? Is that what you, is that what yeah. you're referring to? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you clarify. had to like yeah. st- step in the, well then left to my own devices as an adult adult, I did what, mm-hmm. you know, anything and everything, but it is interesting how even day drinking or drinking on a holiday has a progression of acceptability within it. Mm-hmm. For example, if I woke up at 9 a.m. and I'm like drinking a Jack and Coke, 
people are going to look at me a certain way. But if I have I mean, on like a random Tuesday. Yeah. Right. But even on Thanksgiving, like even on the hall pass day. Yeah, that's true. There's like the it's almost like those evolution charts where it has like the little man hunched over and eventually standing (laughs) up straight. Like it's like that. But for Thanksgiving drinking. It's like you can have a Bloody Mary or a mimosa. Like those are acceptable, like for a certain window. Sure. And then you go on to beer and then, you mm-hmm. know, wine. And then after yeah, there's, wine, it's on. Yes. There are certain types of drinks that are acceptable for certain times of day. No doubt about it. That are socially right. acceptable, which makes right. absolutely no sense. You're drinking, <laughs> you're consuming alcohol <laughs> at 9 a.m. One way or another. Like just because right. you're drinking vodka with a little spice mixed in there and yeah. some veggies all dressed up doesn't mean it should be anymore. I mean, but you know, I, I don't know. I've mixed feelings about it because in certain circumstances, people get away with that and it's fine. And they're the, and they're okay. They pace themselves. They go through their day. They have a great time. They're loosening up, but um, yeah, not it's, me. it's not like that for a lot of us. Yeah. So let me ask you. No, this. and I think, yeah, go ahead. So my, I, I think about the night before Thanksgiving as the rager in my history, and you know, you come home from college, like you say, you're with all your friends from home. Yeah. You guys all meet up the night before because mom's got the turkey covered. You know what I mean? Like when you're young and you don't have the responsibilities, you just have to show up and eat your face off with the most comforting food ever known to man, you know, so you're nursing your hangover and sometimes still partaking. But for me, it was always the night before Thanksgiving, but you had alcoholic tendencies early in your adulthood. Right. So I mean, earlier in your like what early thirties, well, even college, you talked about in college, you had your friend Leslie. I mean, I, I, yeah, I could never shut it off, but it, it evolves, you know, I was aware enough to try to thread the needle, right. Mm-hmm. In terms of like taking it back to drunk math, like how much can I drink in this setting? That's like not awkward or inappropriate, but, um, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving the night before Thanksgiving, like not everyone. So uh, we have a huge family and everyone would come to our house. So sometimes we'd have like 40 people staying at our house, like just kind of wow. like sleeping everywhere. Um, and and it's not meant to sleep that many people. <laughs> okay. So don't, yeah. get, don't get it twisted, but <laughs> not everyone would arrive for Thanksgiving, but like the core people would. And then, yeah, we would like my brothers and I, you know, we would, we would get after it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up on Thanksgiving and it would be part of the, like, I have to pretend I'm not hung over right now. Mm-hmm. And I also need to remember, pretend I remember exactly what happened last night, mm-hmm. you know? And I would walk into the living room and what, like my aunt, my aunt Beth, I talked about her. Oh, love Aunt Beth. She, she'd just be looking at me like, what's up, motherfucker? Uh, of course, she <laughs> would never say How are you feeling? Yeah. Like, and she would never say that. She would never right. use the word motherfucker. She's probably like crying right now that I'm saying that. But um, <laughs> that's what she would look at me like. Mm-hmm. How, or, you know, when someone hands you a cup of coffee, they're like, hey, do you need this? And you're just like... <laughs> You just it's like die. an unspoken, yeah, yeah. You just die a little bit on the inside, and my brain's just like a roll. Like I'm like, okay, what happened? What did I say? What did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, panic, panic. So obviously, the easiest way to settle that panic is a Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. 
as yeah, it's let's socially loosen acceptable. Right the fuck up. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's got celery and uh-huh. it has olives, <laughs> which are two <laughs> breakfast foods. Yeah. By the way. And what no other wonder. Yeah. And like, do you ever go to out to breakfast? You're like, I'd like some celery and some olives, yeah. uh, blue cheese. Yeah. They'd be like, what the fuck? Oh my God. But if that you- is such a, that is such a funny, that is such a funny <laughs> observation. Like, why aren't we soaking pancakes in Bailey's? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why yeah. aren't we wrapping a pancakes up in <laughs> at least yeah. involve a pancake? We're yeah, eating like I, olives at 7 a.m. <laughs> with celery, which is just going to get yeah. stuck in your teeth. You know, you just have that going all day. Like nature's um, dental floss. Yeah, like, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish someone would be like, well, I soaked I soaked these sausages in 151 <laughs> all night, and I, I'm going to grill them up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I wonder, honestly, I need to throw that up to the Google. Like, what is the... Why is a Bloody Mary considered a breakfast <laughs> beverage? There's nothing breakfast about it. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. No, if and, and anytime I ever tried to uh drink V8 juice, I'm old enough mm-hmm. to remember that shit. Uh that mm-hmm. came in the little cans. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, my mom would be like, Have one of these. Yeah. And I would, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like <laughs> gagging like as a child. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, do we have any V8? I know. Isn't that funny? I, if we go out to breakfast, I usually order just tomato juice with hot sauce. I'll say, bring the hot sauce. Give me some tomatoes. I load it up with salt and pepper and hot yeah. sauce and it's delish. But yeah, yeah. as a kid, I'd be like, what? kicking in. So let me ask you this. You're 40 people, 40 ish family members. Yeah. They come to your home, your parents home the night before Thanksgiving. Not all Am of right? them, but, okay. but, but, but for dinner, for the day of, and the dinner oh. of, we would have around 40 people. I'd say we, we have a good 20 to 25 people at certain times staying in our house. So you'd have a good core group that were, were willing to party the night before and continue it with you the, the next day. You weren't the minority in this setting. Like, oh no. no okay. No. I was not the, I was not lone wolfing it. Right. I was, I was in a pack. And this was starting, this was like what you knew growing up of Thanksgiving. Yeah. This, this process, was, this whole thing. And, and that was part of, for me, the association of joy mm-hmm. with drinking mm-hmm. um, because some of my best memories, like I'm saying, it's not like every time I drank, I had this horrible experience, this like awful, this is one of those moments where you can miss it. You can have this romanticism or nostalgia about it, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of it, I associate it with a lot of very positive times, right? Yes. We'd always have this big football game in our big backyard with everybody mm-hmm. and people would be drinking. It just alcohol was present, right? And the mm-hmm. older I got, the more I noticed it. And I think that's just normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like as a teenager, you want to experiment. Like I, I want that, you know, and one of my uncles would like hand me a beer and I'd think, oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm still fucking cool. Yeah. I made it. I made it, but it just, <laughs> it became, um, you know, like the nature nurture situation where it was so environmental that by osmosis or just in my psyche, any sort of celebratory occasion became meshed with drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, the holiday that has consistently been the hardest to enjoy is Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, even to this day, I enjoy it. 
uh, last year I ate a whole pumpkin pie for by myself for myself. And I ordered an extra one. I covered that shit in whipped cream and I ate it right out of the tin. Did you like hunker down over top of it? Like hugging oh, I it? Ate the whole, yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is, like this, ready to threaten anyone that this came is, anywhere this is near mine. you. Yeah. <laughs> Get a white No, this is mine. Yeah. This is mine. No, no, you don't Everyone understand. Everyone else brought like nice. I, I bought a, I brought a really nice bottle of red mm-hmm. and I love that for you. I brought myself a fucking pumpkin pie. Yeah. A pie I'm going to <laughs> yeah. by myself. I brought extra pies, so I'm not being selfish. Right. But I'm being, I'm, I'm planning ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Thanksgiving, uh, whereas the other holidays, uh, and I think it's cause I love to cook and I always cook Thanksgiving dinner and, but what's been cool in, in sobriety, uh, is that, now I cook Thanksgiving dinner, like with my kids, I get them all in the kitchen and involved. We turn on music mm-hmm. and drunk Daniel hungover. Daniel wouldn't have had the patience for that, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's, if you've ever tried cooking with kids that are in elementary school, don't do it until you're like established in your sobriety. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Both feet on the ground. Yeah. Make sure you, you've got both feet on the ground. You have your coping skills, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I can still, yeah. sometimes I'm still like, get out. Of course. But, uh, but it's been a juxtaposition. It's like a different way to enjoy it. Right. And mm-hmm. one thing that I'm proud of as a parent is that my kids don't see alcohol in our home as like the anchor to fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, they can drink or not drink. Like they're going to have to make that decision themselves. Right. Right. Um, and it's not forbidden. My wife mm-hmm. drinks, she can, she can drink whatever, but it's not the focal point. Mm-hmm. And right. for things for me in our home, and that could just be me. Like if I ask my brothers or my, my parents or my aunts and uncles, they might disagree. That could just be the alcoholic. And he was so gravitated to it, like a moth to a fucking light. Right. That, right. You know but what I'm cares? saying? But who cares? What you know? Right. Who cares if that's just it for you or not? And everyone else's perspective might be different, and it doesn't matter. You know what matters is what your perspective is right. and what you're doing to to recognize that. But I think you've I think you've touched on two critical points, two core points with your story here that we've talked about before. One of those being the willingness to accept and not regret good times associated with drinking throughout your life. That's huge. And I get so many people, I'm sorry, there's a fuzzy on my microphone. It's like tickling my, (laughs) my upper lip. Okay, here we go. I think I got it. (laughs) All right. All right. Refocus. Um, I think a lot of people on my TikTok, they'll say that they'll say, I'm struggling with the regret. I'm struggling with the guilt and the shame of my past behaviors. And I get that when it comes to abusing yourself or other people, um, as an alcoholic, right. but I, I refuse to allow alcohol to take good memories away from me to have it. And I made the mistake of doing that for a good chunk of time, like looking at pictures of old experiences. If I had a drink in my hand and just like internally cringing, because I know looking back at that picture, that woman wasn't sure how this was going to go down. She had no idea what her future (laughs) held, you know? And so therefore I associated the future Jenna with that past experience and, and would cringe. And it really took me time to be able to accept 
the joy and the fun and the sentiment and, you know, all the good things that I experienced just because alcohol was involved doesn't mean it has to be eliminated from my memory as a good thing. Right. And I think we can get into a trap of like you're saying, romanticizing that then and flipping that Mm -hmm. into, I can do that again. And, and I've said before, that is no longer an option for me. It has to be a memory and not an option. It has to be something I look back on with joy and love and an endearing feeling, but know that I will never have that experience again. And then the second thing you talked about was that your, your, um, your process has changed. Your Thanksgiving process has changed exponentially as a result of your, of your alcoholism. And now you have taken on a role of having fun in the kitchen with your kids, right? So changing, and that's something else. That another theme that we keep kind of revisiting is changing those, mm-hmm. that process, whether it's a daily thing or a holiday, you know, being accepting of the fact that I can't do it this way anymore. Like my Thanksgiving is not going to look like that anymore. It's not going to look the same, but it can be so much more amazing because of the way I'm going to adjust myself, you know, to make it healthier and happier. So, uh, I mean, right. Those, those two things, it's just, you can relate those two ideas to every experience that you have, you know, in sobriety, when you're thinking back about your drinking days and, but it doesn't happen in a flash. I mean, how many Thanksgivings have you had that you've that you've evolved. This will be my eighth. Right. Yeah. This is sober Thanksgiving eight. So sober Thanksgiving Um, one for Daniel, you weren't jumping in the kitchen like, okay, kids, now I'm sober. Let's get it. Like, let's get that turkey. And you know what I mean? It wasn't like, yeah, yeah. I feel like our first, my first sober Thanksgiving, which is interesting because I got sober on New Year's day. Right. So I had 11 months to prepare for Mm -hmm. it. But even when it arrived, I was, still wasn't ready. And I didn't understand I wasn't ready until I was actually in it, right? Because I had traversed other things like my birthday and the 4th of July and some other things that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But nothing hit as different as Thanksgiving, right? So <clears throat> uh, that first uh, sober Thanksgiving, we actually laid low. We didn't do much at all. I think mm-hmm. we just, I think we might have even like gone out to eat or something. Like we had mm-hmm. to really like, or we had to change it. I had to change it up big time because mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. Um, and that's where the, you know, there can be so much ego involved in optics. Like I have to make this seem easy. So I have to keep doing what I've always done. I need to people please and show up to the big dinner and all of this shit. Right. When really, no, you don't. Right. No, you don't. You, you don't can, have you're to allowed do anything. To change things. Yeah. Yeah. So that you don't have to do anything because I'm, I'm playing the long game here. And by taking breaks and setting boundaries and not doing shit until I was ready again, I've been able to then reestablish my relationship with Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and maintain eight years of sobriety because I was willing to say, I'm not ready and this isn't easy and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've talked about with you, like even like going out to eat, like taking your time not to go out to restaurants or go back to that bar where the Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? Like. Yeah. There's shit that you have to just let go of. Absolutely. You have to let go yeah. of. Yes. And know that um, you might not be, you may never be able to revisit it again and having acceptance of that. Right. 
Yes. A hundred percent. There's things that I just won't do anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like drink is one of them, but just all (laughs) of the, I think where I've made, where, where I've made a lot of progress. I mean, drinking for me was a little bit of a gateway drug, you know? So if I drank, I was more prone to do other things um, Mm -hmm. also, but alcohol was my drug of choice. So nothing Mm -hmm. hit like alcohol hit. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. fucked around with other substances here and there, but nothing ever had me like, like alcohol. It was like, yeah, underwhelmed, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right. Take it or leave it. Yeah. But I know myself well enough to be like, I'm not going to, cause people ask a question I get asked a lot is like, did you replace, did you try, did you replace alcohol with weed? Did you replace? And for a minute I did, I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink. I'll just smoke weed. I tried that. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, so high. And I'm like, ah, like <laughs> out of my mind. I'm like, who does this? Who does I passed, I passed uh, the go. I passed the go. I passed it. I passed it. I passed my go, my go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did too much. Okay. Now I'm, now, uh, now I'm dying. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, now, now the, the police are coming for me. I'm hiding in my bed, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So just the paranoia of it. So I, nothing ever hit me like alcohol did. Um, but one thing I think I've made a lot of improvement on, and I encourage people to really focus on is that resentment. Like at my first few Thanksgivings, I was sober and I would find myself being real judgy Mm -hmm. amongst the people in my head Mm -hmm. about the people who still were drinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's none of my business. It's none of my business unless right. it's actively like affecting me in some way, which really it's not. So now I feel like I'm at a place where I can coexist in a, a dinner. Like tonight, we're having a big dinner with like m- my brother and his family and our family and my cousins and aunts and uncles, lots of people. Some people will drink, some people won't. Like, who cares? Like, for me, I'm at a place now where I don't care. Mm hmm. And I like being in that, that, that doesn't mean I'm cocky and arrogant. I am like definitely working my program, but it's taken me years to get to a point where I can enjoy shit again. Mm -hmm. And for some people they're like, are you serious? Oh, it takes so long, but some, some things take long and not everything is going to be overnight, you know, like I'm not drinking anymore. I enjoy everything again. Right. Uh-uh. <laughs> and that's this part of the suffering of be of the beginning of sobriety. And, and I talked about this on, on one of my TikTok posts. Um, you know, this is why f- so few people are successful because they expect to immediately start feeling better about everything. And I, myself included, I, I wanted, um, you know, immediate gratification on some level and I didn't have it. I was absolutely miserable. Um, especially in the very beginning. And I think it sometimes it depends on your escort into sobriety mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, if you come to a place where you have an awful experience um, like I did, then you're mentally and emotionally at a very unhealthy place and it doesn't just mm-hmm. poof, go away the next day. In fact, it's a where it gets worse <laughs> before it gets better. At least it did for me. I mean, I felt like, um, you know, I desperately wanted to drink. I desperately wanted to hide, you know, behind alcohol and, and, um, mute all those feelings I was feeling. And I'm glad I stuck in there with it and started to really come to a place of self-worth, but 
um, you know, yeah, it, it's, you don't feel better right away. And I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not at that place where you are, where you can be, uh, right. I mean, I'm, it's getting better for sure. Um, but I, I still, for now I'm avoiding, you know, those places and those things. I mean, your, your family dynamic with Thanksgiving is a lot different than my experience. You know, I'm, I have a very small family I have one sibling and we didn't do extended family Thanksgivings. We did that. I have right. large extended family. So as a kid, I had a lot of big family gatherings for, for Christmas, but, um, Thanksgiving was always just the four of us, or maybe like a grandparent or something, if they were mm -hmm. visiting, stuff like that. It was very chill. It was a very chill day. My parents weren't huge drinkers. I didn't grow up in that setting with like what you're describing, like the all American, you are literally describing like the all American Thanksgiving, like the dudes playing football with the beers and the, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's like out of a fucking rom-com, what you got going on there. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> And then like my cousin Charlie brought his sister and, and then she started to like my friend from high school. And then next thing you know, we, we fast forward to like a wedding. <laughs> Mine yeah, was and like, all the grooms in uh, New jerseys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't like that for in my childhood. I mean, it was lovely and it was beautiful for what it was, you know, and we were very tight, close, tight knit family. Um, and we had our own traditions and stuff and alcohol wasn't one of them. It just wasn't. And then, right. um, and like we talked about before, since I'm a bit of a late bloomer, it was always your typical Thanksgiving for me, you know, especially when I was married to my kid's dad, he has a, he's from a big Italian family and they're all local. Um, he's got lots of siblings and there's lots of cousins. And so then that evolved from my little family into, I married into this like big gigantic family. And again, right. wine was flowing and it's a bunch of Italians. I mean, what do you expect? But right. um, it was never, I was always the one that was out drinking everyone always, but I, it was always kind of like, oh shit. <laughs> My microphone's attacking me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it was always. <laughs> oh, I wish I wish people could see what just happened. <laughs> her microphone just struck her in the face like a snake. Like she just got like like it a lunge, like a, like a lunge <laughs> at my face. Calm the fuck down. All right. I got it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you, microphone, for that little comic relief. I, I lost my train of thought. It got its venom into me. What, what was I even saying? <laughs> <You> just think. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm in the fucking rom com. And you that's right. You're in a rom-com and I'm not. I'm married into this same Italian family. Oh, oh, I remember I was gonna say I got a reputation um for being About the fun aunt, you know, yeah. um, who was always willing to have another, you know, who's willing right. to like after the wine get out the hard shit and start doing shots with like the older cousins, you know, because there's right a long line of cousins and, and the oldest cousin is probably 10 years younger than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, the fun aunt. Yeah. 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 The fun aunt. And, and I took on that role. Um, and I 
owned that shit. Like I loved that. That was what I was, you know, and it was never like, Oh Jesus. And aunt Jenna's got a fucking problem. It was always like, Ooh, yay. Like aunt Jenna's going to be around, you know? And, right. and that was pre, I mean, it probably was a red flag, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that- I wasn't. Yeah. But then I wasn't going home from Thanksgiving dinner, partying with the family and cracking something else open or the next day pouring something into my coffee or, right. you know, before the, whatever the next day festivities, like I wasn't then continuing it. I was just fulfilling my regular responsibilities. So right, that didn't evolve till later, but yeah, I mean, so what I'm, the reason I'm comparing your rom-com to my like snoozy ass upbringing <laughs> is that <laughs> none of this predisposes anyone to anything. Like it can be so random. It can be right. Like everyone looks for a reason why they become an alcoholic. And for some people, that's really critical information because it can be past trauma or something that is really important for you to work through with a professional. But those of us who have don't really have that, (laughs) it can be very confusing to be like, what the, like, Oh, like, mm, like I'm at a total loss. I didn't grow up around it. You know, we all have branches in our tree with alcoholism. It, you would not live on this planet if you didn't, but like, I'm not going to blame the fact, you know, that I, that I'm an alcoholic on like my creepy uncle Joe, you know what I mean? Like, God that's not Joe. fair god bless yeah. him he'll outlive all of us but um, yeah and i and i think the origin story like as if i'm a fucking marvel alcoholic my origin story um is that's just part of it right because both of my brothers i have an older and younger brother they both have a healthy relationship with alcohol right so mm-hmm. same family same rom-com mm-hmm. same everything and and you just don't know who it's going to strike when it's going to strike. And it's so true. And I do think it's important for me. It was therapy has been really important because my my mental health has been so much part of my own personal journey. They're very commingled, but I don't really, I'm not really interested anymore. I've like unpacked so much shit about why I started drinking. Now it's about forward thinking, future thinking like today, like how do Mm -hmm. I feel today? What do I want to accomplish tomorrow? I need to stop living in the past. Um, there's only so much work I can do behind me. And right. I've done the I've done the work. I've done the yeah. work. But if I have to tell my fucking story to one more therapist, yeah. about, <laughs> like it's not, it's not pretty. You know, I'm like, right. where do I start? How much time do we have? Um mm-hmm. so that's when I do think it's important if you do have trauma or something that you think could be affecting why you're drinking or why you want to stop drinking to explore that. But also understand that it might just be, it just might be. Yeah. And and you have to be able to be okay with that. Like you might not have an answer. And I am the type of person, I need a fucking answer to everything. Like I I need a scientific reason behind everything. That's just how my brain works. And um, I need something tangible to wrap my brain around it. So if it's some mystery that I'm never going to know the answer to, it has, it is still taking me time to accept that. Guess what? I don't really care. Like if I'm at a place where I'm not sure why, and it, like you're saying at this point, why does it matter? 
unless there's some repetitive behavior that I need to be like in tune with my kids, you know, if there's something where something else could be affected, then yeah, of course I would want to know. But if it's just because it's who I am and I didn't know it until it was unlocked for whatever reason, then I just, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm tired of trying to figure out the why, you know? Yeah. And, and focus that, that time, talent, energy on solutions, mm-hmm. right? And, right? And when people ask me, like, how 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 did you stop drinking? Which is a loaded question. My short answer is always: I took all of the energy that I put into fueling and hiding my drinking into finding mm-hmm. a solution to stopping it. Right. I shift. I shifted the energy. Did it happen all at once? No, it, it didn't. It took me four years to land the plane. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, a four year window from when I was like, I need to stop to when I stopped. But in that time period, I was going to therapy. I was doing the work. I was trying to unpack. And once the plane was landed, I'm like, like, okay, I I have to be done unpacking the past. And now Mm -hmm. I have to be looking at how do I move forward? And just for me, like I talked about on here, a lot of that's resentment, like not being jealous of other people who can drink. I'm not fucking Mm -hmm. judge and jury of your drinking. Right. Um, I don't assign labels. I don't you know, none of that's my business. My business is how do I keep me on this path? Right. So. Amen. And eating a whole pumpkin pie. Yeah. As you should. Like covered in tinfoil with do not eat (laughs) with Sharpie in the fridge. All aggressive. Real aggressive. The thick Sharpie. Yeah. yeah, Like the bold. Yeah. Like it has like a, a rectangle for a tip. Correct. Not yeah. the little bullshit. Sharpie. No, not those fine point. You're from Philly. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Don't come at me with that fine point Sharpie. <laughs> oh my God. Well, <laughs> everybody, um, whatever you do today on, on Thanksgiving, if you drink or you don't drink, or you're in the consideration phase, the activation phase, the maintenance phase, we just appreciate you listening and being here. And there's no hierarchy. We are just sharing our experience and working through the shit. So, uh, and you're on our list of things to be thankful for. Full for thankful. That's correct. Thankful for thankful for. Yeah. Everyone who's listening, we are grateful for you. And, uh, we will see you back here next week with episode Ocho. All right. Take care.